Good morning. How's everyone doing today? You're warm. Yes, yes. Those of you who may or may not know who are online, it's going to be about 115 today, which is, yeah, I mean, the highest temperature in Oregon, in Portland area before was like 107 or something like that. So, wow. Yes. And tomorrow is supposed to be as hot or hotter. Maybe. I don't know. I just looked online and, and it showed it was five degrees cooler, so only 110. Oh. <laughs> well, last <laughs> night it last night it said that. I have not looked this morning because they yeah. keep you know, uh, Portland weathermen or. It's th it's not their lack of skill or. It's talent. hard to figure it out in the yeah. Portland area. Yeah. 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 But we are we're doing shorts. I just want to acknowledge. We're doing I have shorts. never ever worn shorts to church. Well, yes, but not. As the preacher, ever. So, it's a first. Kathy, my wife, is going, I'll tolerate it. <laughs> Don't get used to it. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, Vanessa's parents, their church, their pastor wears shorts almost every Sunday. Well, it's in Texas. It's in Texas in a little kind of beachy area. Oh, it's just the, you know. Yeah. It doesn't take away from your authority as a teacher. No, because what matters is the heart, which we talked about last week. It's, it's, it's what's going on inside you that matters, not what's on the outside. Um, and I'm examining, I'm, I'm, we're doing that. Yeah. Just like we did when, the, when we did the pajama days. We used to do pajama days, remember that? It's the same thing. You can wear what you want if, what's, if, it, if your heart is right. The externals aren't the issue. It's the internals. That's what we talked about last week. Is there any announcements? Do we have any announcements? No, I don't know if we do. It's hot. Yeah, I think there's not going to be a, a, a Zoom fellowship tonight. We were going to do that. I don't think we're going to do that. Oh, there's a uh, there's a work party got rescheduled to the 10th, right? To the 10th, because yesterday was ridiculous to try and do it. So we're going to be doing that on the 10th. I think that's it. There's other stuff coming up, but they're farther enough out that it doesn't really matter. To, to bring that up yet. So, all right. Sermon. Why can you eat bacon? Seriously. Why as Christians can you eat bacon? Yes, it does. If you cook it right, low and slow, and then fire it. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's, you know, I heard this, I, I've heard that if a, if a vegan or a vegetarian is going to break, it's often over bacon. But it's a real serious question for us as Christians. Why can you eat bacon when the Mosaic law says you cannot eat pork at all? Why? That's what we're going to talk about today. How do we as Christians relate to the Old Testament laws? One of, our, one of the things that non-Christians will attack us for and, and, and say, you're just picking and choosing. You like this regulation and that law and not this one. You just decide what you want, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. You just like it, because you eat bacon just because it tastes good, not because God's okay with it. But there is a reason. There is a consistency to it. We're going to talk about that today. Okay? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your love for us in Jesus, that you have set us free to follow you. We ask that you would help us to see how amazing you are today and to praise you. Thank you that, uh, that you've provided this room that we can be in today, that it's cool, 
that we can uh, broadcast your message around the world. You are amazing, and you are so good to us. We pray for the people, by the way, that, are, that don't have AC in the, in, the, in the Portland area. God, I pray that you would help people come and take care of them, make sure they're okay, that you would, um, that people would be compassionate and kind. Now, Jesus, as we come and worship you, we give you all of our hearts. We give you all of our, uh, all of our attention. We give you praise. Father, this morning, continue to remind me specifically that it's really not me. It's not about me. It's about you and that everything should point to you. that our distractions are set to the side, that we take this time to sing about you, to consider you, and to put ourselves in that right frame of mind, frame of heart, to hear your word. And in your son Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and, uh, and pray. Father, there are so many different ways that we are tempted, attacked, and challenged. Some of them we're very aware of, and others are insidious. And Lord, I just pray that we have the wisdom and discernment to keep our eyes on you and trust that through that vision that those distractions, those attacks just fall to the side because we are so focused on who you are what you ask from us that our love for you would draw us closer to you leave these distractions down the road. Father, we love you. We sit at your feet this morning and we hear your word. Father, we thank you for the joy and the freedom we have in you. Set us free. No, 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 let me rephrase that. Father, help us to live into the freedom that you've given us. Help us to, uh, to know that freedom that you have already purchased. And so, Father, help me to communicate clearly your, uh, your word, your message to us, because we don't need to hear from another human being. We need to hear from you. And to that end, Jesus, use my, uh, my thoughts, my, 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 my time right now, and uh, this time here to communicate to your people. May the things I have to say be from you. Either they, uh, they either, either change my words or ha how they're heard or just have me not say them if they're not from you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a joy and a freedom in Christ. There's a joy and there's a freedom in Jesus. It's the joy and freedom of just a little child running after their father. 
or a bride dancing with her husband. This, this, this joyful following. Not the, not the shackle and whip of chains and, and enslavement of master and servant. That's part of the old covenant, the old regulations, agreement, contract that God made with humanity. I began with, why don't we eat pork? It comes, I'm bringing this up because I wanted to talk about a verse that we talked about last week in Mark 7. Um, here, I'll just read it. For here, for it, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, for it doesn't go into their heart, food that people eat, but into their stomach and then out of the body. And then Mark, the writer, adds this little parenthesis, this comment saying, in saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He doesn't make very many of these in his gospel. So when he does, it's a pretty significant moment. And this is an issue, this, this issue of the food laws and all of the Mosaic laws, that's a big deal. It's a big deal in the New Testament uh, period of time. The book of Galatians is all about that. The book of Hebrews is all about that. There was a big church council that talked about in Acts 15 that's all about this issue. How do Christians relate to the Mosaic laws? And today we, we, we hear this. People will say things like, you ignore all kinds of Old Testament texts. Things like eating pork and shellfish cutting your beard, or wearing multiple kind of types of fabric. Aren't you guys just picking and choosing things you want and things you don't? You'll say, this is not okay. Maybe some sexual moral. But, you, but right, a verse right next to it says that you can do this. You say you can, you, can, you can eat pork, but you can't do this thing. Where's the consistency? And that's the argument. Is it seems to be a perceived inconsistency that we're just... This is what we like, and this is what we don't like, so that's, wh that's where we go. But, here, but here's, the, here's the, if we want to be real, I think for many Christians, that's kind of what they're doing. They, they do that because culturally, that's, well, we just, that's what we do. We all can eat pork or whatever, but, but that's not okay. But we don't really understand the reasoning for it. There is a reason for it. And so let me give you because let me give you the, the summary answer right at the start so that you aren't confused. I'm going to give you what it is, and then we'll walk through it, okay? Here's, here's the first half of it. And you need to hear all of this, because some of this is going to disturb some of the, some, some Christians are going to go, Whoa, oh, just like it did, frankly, the Pharisees, and frankly, so did it the people in Acts 15 and the people in Galatians and the people in, in, in the book of Hebrews. We are not under the old covenant and the laws of Moses. Full stop. You are not under any of the laws to, the, to Moses at all. They apply to you as much as the commands to Noah command. Do you feel like you need to build an ark like Noah? Nope. It's the same thing. Full stop. You are not under that at all. You are instead, you are under the new covenant, the law of Christ. 
That's the first piece. Covenants, by the way, it's an agreement. It's a contract. That's what it means. Two parties say that they're going to do certain things. They're going to provide various things for each other. Everybody who has, who's employed has a contract. People, have, there's, there's contracts with marriages. There's all kinds of contracts. It's just agreements between two people ratified by an oath saying, this is what we're going to do. And we're in a, under a new one. I'm going to prove this and help you see that we are not under the old covenant at all. In a sense, in a real sense, the Ten Commandments are not to Christians. But we don't ignore the Ten Commandments. We don't ignore the laws of Moses. Instead, we, here's the second part of my answer, we look at the laws of Moses, we look at all of those things as a teacher, as a revealer, Why? because God's character doesn't change. It explains things to us. They are not our master, but they are a teacher. Okay? So, here's the two ones. We are not under the old covenant and the laws of Moses. We're under the new covenant in the law of Christ. And we look at the, at the, at, at, at the laws of Moses as a teacher. As, as wise, as there's eternal principles there, there's wise culturally shaped applications and there's, a, there, there's information there about what Jesus did for us and does for us. But it's, an, but it's a teacher. All right. Let's look at this here. Remember, like I said, the covenant is just a binding contract. That's all it is. When we think covenant, think contract. Okay? Because that's very much, we understand what that means in our, in our culture. Now, this is, this, is the, this is the place where, where the contract is talked about. This is the mosaic, the one given by Moses, um, through Moses, in, Acts, in, in, in uh, Exodus 24. This is right after the Ten Commandments. There's all these laws that have been given, and they're going to add more to them, and they're going to explain them all here. But here's a place where, where it talks about this. Verse, uh, verse 7 then, then he, Moses, took the book of the covenants, the, 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 the collection of what is the agreement, the contract. He read it in the hearing of all the people. Read your contracts, right? And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do, and we will be obedient. Then Moses took blood, he threw it on the people, and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with these words. You've agreed to it. And the blood symbolizes this is what's going to happen to you if you break the covenant. Now Deuteronomy 30 explains a little bit more. Whoa, I should have broken that up. If you don't, so let me read this because it's really small. It explains a little bit more what is this agreement that God has made. When we're talking, this is what the old covenant is. If you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, that I've commanded you today by loving the Lord your God and walking in his ways, keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then, so that's their part, then, here's what God's part of the covenant is, He'll, you will live, you will multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to possess it. So you do what God says, obedience, you get blessing. That's the old covenant. However, if you do not, if your heart turns away, you will hear, and you do not hear, you do, but are drawn away to worshiping other gods and serve them, 
I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land in which you're going over to the Jordan. So here's the old covenant. There's the old agreement. Here's all these to-do lists. All this to-do list. You do it, God will bless you. You don't, God's going to punish you and remove you from the land. That's the agreement. Simple. Lots of details, lots of rules. This is where you get all the stuff that's going on in Leviticus, all the stuff that's going in in Exodus. This is what we're talking about with things like don't eat shellfish, don't eat pork. This is where the Ten Commandments is. It's all part of this agreement. It's this agreement. Very briefly, now, and, and this is an entire other sermon. I've made these sermons. But Moses did not expect them to keep this covenant. He knew they were going to fail it. They failed it over and over and over in his own lifetime. In fact, the entire five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, is all about communicating to them, you are going to fail, there's a better thing coming. And he talks about this over and over, even in this very chapter of Deuteronomy, he says earlier in it, you know, when you're out in those other nations, because you're going to fail and God's going to remove you from the land, he's going to bring you back. There's going to be a good thing coming. There's something better coming, which we know is going to be Jesus. There's a new thing coming. And so this is, this, this is the old covenant. This is what we're talking about when we talk about the old laws. But Jesus is the end of the law. For Christ is... Romans, and there's, I, I'm jumping a little bit here, but I want you to understand that Jesus makes that old covenant obsolete. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. End, uh, think end zone. It's the goal. It's, the, it's what things are, people are moving toward. It's, it's the fulfillment. This is where the whole, that whole thing was supposed to help people realize something. And we're going to explain, I'm going to explain what is the purpose of the law to us once we deal with this first part. But that's what Jesus is getting at. Or as he puts it in Matthew 5, do not think that I, Jesus, have come to abolish the law, no, no, and the, or the prophets, but I've come to, to fulfill them. I'm trying to, to, to bring them to where they're supposed to bring you. Okay? But it does, Jesus does end that covenant. In speaking of the new covenant, Matt, Hebrews 8.13, he, God, makes the first one obsolete for what is becoming obsolete and growing old is already vanishing away. The old covenant is obsolete. It, there's a new covenant, a new agreement. Let's actually put this whole thing, in, this one in context, that verse in context. I'm going to back up a couple of verses here so we can get a really running start at it. Okay? But as it is, Christ, Jesus, has obtained ministry that is much better than Moses, than the, as, as excellent as the old covenant he mediates is better since it's enacted with better promises. For if that first covenant, the one we just looked at, the one in Moses, Ten Commandments, and all of this, had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. There would have been no need for one. But Moses knew there needed to be one because the human beings just can't keep the rules, right? And then, but he finds fault with them, and then he says, and now he, I put this Jeremiah 31 here because he's about to quote it. This is Hebrews, is quoting Jeremiah 31, and this is what he says. So, 
right here. This is Jeremiah. This is in the, the Hebrews text, the book of Hebrews text. Verse, uh, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took their hand and bring them up out of Egypt. That's the Mosaic one, the one we looked at a moment ago. Why? Because they did not continue in that covenant, so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Speaking of the, the current time with Jesus, I will put my laws into their minds, write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be their people. That's an important phrase, by the way. And they, will, they shall not teach each other his neighbor, each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least to the greatest. I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Forg forgiveness will be a part of this new covenant. And then we come back to that verse I just said. In speaking of this new covenant, he makes the old first one obsolete, making it what is becoming obsolete is growing is growing old and is vanishing away. The old covenant, the one with Moses, is for a particular time and a particular people. But with Jesus, there's a new agreement, a new contract that's not based on what we do. It's based on what he will do, what he has done. And we say that every Sunday when, we come to, when I come to church, just about every Sunday, that this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. There's this one. There's other verse chat places like Ezekiel 31 that talks about how God, and we I think I talked about that last week, where God's going to re renew our hearts. He's going to give us a new heart. It has to do with forgiveness of sins and making us follow him internally, having us, our hearts right and cleaning us away. This is the new agreement. And so... We are not under the law. We are not under the law. We are not under those laws at all, period. They're not to us. Any more than the laws, to, the, the commands to Noah are to us. We are led by the Spirit. Every Christian, every person who believes in Jesus has been given the Spirit of God, and it is the Spirit that helps move us, and if we're led by the Holy Spirit then we're not under the law. That's the whole argument going on in here in, in Galatians. Or, as he puts it in, in, in Romans 6, since you are not under the law, but you are under grace. We are under grace, not under the law. Now, here's the argument, though, people will say. Okay, so what? Are we just supposed to do whatever we want? Are we saying that we have no law? That we're supposed to do nothing? Just we can do whatever we want? Well, Paul continues, the very next verse, we're not under grace, but what then? Are we supposed to just sin, since we're not under law, but under grace? By no means. Of course not. And then he continues that we are, that, that we do have a law. We're going back to, we're going to, uh, to Galatians. We're, we're under the law of Christ. The, the law of being like Jesus. Of following after him of loving God and loving people. That's the basic thing, you know, the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
New commandment I give you, John 14, to love one another. It's a simple thing. Or is he cont- are you going back to this one at Galatians 18? You know, if we're, if we're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And then, if he, then this, is what he, this is how he continues. Now, the, 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 evident, the works of the flesh, the not living by the Spirit, are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Which, by the way, just as a little side note, look at our culture today. Does it fit this? That is not from God. Anything that, that, that fits that kind of attitude, that is not a godly thing. Instead, you know, and he continues, envy, drunkenness, orgies, things like these. I warn you that these, as I have before, that those who do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Un- but instead, those who walk by the Spirit, this is how we're supposed to be like. And the Spirit creates this. That Remember he's, the, the verses I said a minute ago, that the Spirit of God will write it on our hearts. He transforms us. To be like this, to be, have joy and patience and, and, and goodness and kindness and love. Internal issues is what matters. Gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there's no law. You don't, need, you don't need the laws when you have this. So, we are not under the law of Moses. We are not under that covenant at all. Instead, we are under the new covenant, the new agreement between God and people that if you put your faith in Jesus, you are clean, you are forgiven, you are right with him apart from what you do. Instead, you're and you're under the law of Christ, which is to love people. But how do you relate to the law? Cuz we don't just ignore it. We don't just ignore it. That's an old heresy. Marconian heresy in, the, in, the, in around 144 A.D. There's this guy named Marcon who, who, he believed that we needed to completely ignore the Old Testament. And there's some Christians today who say, that's not for us at all. We shouldn't even be reading it. That is not okay. In fact, that's what this, is, this whole verse right here is all about. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is read out by God and is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, and he is not talking about the New Testament. The New Testament wasn't written, or if it was, it was in part. But it's not really, that's not who he's talking about. He's talking about the Old Testament. It's helpful to teach us. We look at the Old Testament, we look at the laws of Moses as a teacher. It explains things to us. We're not against the law. We just put it in its right place. That of a revealer, it explains stuff to us. And one of the things it explains is that we need Jesus. Now, I don't even really need a verse for it. I have one. Um, What shall we say, that the law is sin? No, by no means. Yet, if it has not been for the law, how would I have known what sin is? One of the things that the law does is you go, oh, that's a commandment? I just broke it. (laughs) Right? How do you know you've done something wrong until someone says, oh, you've done something wrong. You know, you're walking down the street and you cross the grass and then you see the sign that says don't walk on the grass. You're like, oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. So the, 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 the law tells you you've done something wrong. That's one of the things it does. It just reveals your need. But it goes a little deeper than that. 
one of the things it does, and, and, and 2 Corinthians is talking about this a little bit. This whole, this, this whole section right here is talking about how there's a new covenant and a new agreement. And he's talking about the writing the law in our hearts just before this. And, and he's saying that the, the God who made him, Paul, sufficient to be ministers of this new covenant, not by the letter, that is like the code the written of the Moses, because they were written on, the, on, on tablets, on stone, but by the Spirit. And then he says this weird little phrase, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now let me explain that to you real quick. The letter, the law, kills. That seems pretty harsh, doesn't it? That the laws of Moses kill? But it does. And that's a good thing. Because what, it, what the law does, when, when, it, when, you reveal, when it reveals God's do's and don'ts, it'll produce one of two things. Either you do them pretty well and you get prideful. See, I, look how good I am. And that, wages of sin, is death. It kills. Because it produces in you this sense of, hey, I'm pretty good. Death. Or... It, does it, it drives you the other direction, and you look at the to-do list and go, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. And, and, and the law does this. It divides people, either it makes them more proud because they're good people, or it does them the other way. It makes them despair. Like, I can never keep, live up to it. And, that, and as one theologian puts it, we need to despair of ever being good so that we lean to Jesus. And it produces this death that talks about right before, this again, these are the same passages, just putting pieces of them together so you understand. But we have been buried with Jesus, with him by our baptism, into his death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of God the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. When we put our faith in Jesus, we are united in him in his death. The law brings us to Jesus so that we can die with him, that we might be raised again newness of life kills so that the spirit can give us life it drives us to jesus it reveals that we need him do's and don'ts that's what it does you can't do it and but if you think you can it produces pride look at me god i'm so good like yeah you're not as good as you think you are so this is one of the first things that we look at the law going, this is what it does. But, it can, but we can do more than that, though. As we come back to that, that Timothy one, the law is a teacher. It tells us what's right. And so one of, one of, the, one of the, uh, the ways that theologians have divided the, the Old Testament laws are into three categories. Moral law, civil law, ceremonial law. And that's not really a biblical idea in the sense that you can't find that anywhere in Scripture, but it is a helpful way to get a handle on it. And, and, and so let's walk through each one of those because it helps us understand some things. The moral laws, laws like don't murder. We look at these laws and we go, what's the point? As Joe brought up earlier, he reminded me of this. There's, there's a thing today where it, 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 he uses it in consulting, it's the five wise. You know, like, I, I speed a lot. I don't, but let's say I do. 
You ask, why do you not, why do you speed so much? The first why. Well, why do I get speeding tickets? Because I speed. Why do I speed so much? Well, because I'm usually late. Why am I, you know, why, why am I always late? Well, because I forget to set my alarm clock, right? And you just keep going down until you realize, until you get to the bottom, or you just, this is the real issue. We need to do that with things like the laws of Moses. What is the deep principle that's going on? This is what the Pharisees didn't do. They just stayed at the surface and went, oh, well, this is what it does, and this is what it is, and like, not really realizing the heart of the problem. The heart of the problem. We We look at the principles behind it. So we look at the moral laws and figure out what is it that God's really getting at. Let me give you an example. There, there's, a, there's a law in the Moses that says that you have, if you have a, you, you need to put a fence around your roof. Why would you put a fence around your roof? Well, in those days, a roof was essentially their patio. People would, would in the cool of the day, that's where they would go up there, and they would sit around, and they would lounge. And so the fence is to make sure people don't fall off. But what's the principle behind it? Why are they asking for this? Is because the homeowner needs to make sure that people are safe at their house. But why do, they, why do you need to make sure your people are safe at your house? Because, we need to, because human life is precious, and you need to do what you can to protect it. Why do you need to do that? Because thou shalt not murder. And why not murder? Because you're made in the image of God. That's the principle. And so we look at things like the moral laws, and we need to figure that out. We need to look at some of the civil laws. Civil laws is like that fence one. and what, Because these are culturally, sh- ap- culturally shaped, informed applications of those main ideas like that. A civil law. Why, why do we need to have things like sanctuary cities? There's a, thing, there's a whole thing about these places where if you've committed a murder, even if it's accidentally, you can go to this particular place and people will be, you can't be killed there. It's a way to help stop people from, in, 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 without thinking, just snapping, snap decision, going and, and finding vengeance. Let's go through the process and make sure someone isn't, um, that it wasn't an accident. Let's make sure that it was, that they, you know, put them, let them go through trial rather than just killing them on the spot. It's a good application. And then there's the things like, like the ceremonial laws. These explain who Jesus is. There's all these ones about all these, all these sacrifices and things. It's so that when you read those, you can understand what's going on when, when John calls Jesus the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. You wouldn't understand what that means if you didn't have the Levitical system, if you didn't have all the laws. When Jesus is called a high priest, you wouldn't know what that means without these, these, these ceremonial religious laws. And you look at those things and you see things like there's diamonds representing all the, the, the tribes on his chest. What's that have to do with? Why, why is he offering blood in the altar? Why, why does he do all this stuff? It explains Jesus to people. It's an image. And so these are some ways that we look at those Old Testament laws and go, they're a teacher. They explain stuff to us. God's character doesn't change. 
His plan is not changed. But the but, and so we just need to see what that how that works. We use wisdom. We use application. So coming back to this, you're not under the old covenant. You're under the laws of Moses. Or the laws of Moses, you're under the new covenant and the laws of Christ. So when someone says, can you eat bacon? Why do you, why do you say you can eat bacon, but you say this sexual morality is wrong? Well, we're not under that old covenant. We're under the new covenant. But we do look at those Moses laws and we go, but they do reveal God's character. And that doesn't change. And so can you eat bacon? Well, yeah. This is why Jesus is saying all foods are, are clean because it's not a, we're not a part of that covenant anymore. Why can we go to, why don't we, why don't we not work on Saturday? Why do we not keep the Sabbath? Because we're not, the Sabbath isn't for us. But there's a principle there that we need to rest regularly. Because God built that way. We, get, we need to rest because Jesus is our, is our rest. We're not part of that. We're not a part of that. So here's, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Is the next time people say, say this, have an answer. But for now... Don't be enslaved to those do not do this, don't do that. Do you have to worship on a certain day or not a certain day? There's, there's a joy, there's a freedom to being a Christian. That you look at the heart. You love God, you love people. You rejoice in the fact that Jesus makes you right by his, by his work alone. That you can just joyfully go after him, following him. Don't let people judge you for, for whether you wear pants or you don't wear pants, or whether you wear a tie or don't wear a tie, or you eat one food or another. Let everyone do what their conscience tells them to do. Okay? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for, for this new agreement you've given us, this new agreement you've given us in which we stand righteous with you by our faith alone. Help us relate rightly to what your servant Moses did and said. Help us to hear what he, the wisdom there. Help us to hear the principles there, the applications, how we have, can apply um, your, your character to our lives. Help us to hear what you did for us, Jesus. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a moment, prepare our hearts for communion.
If that didn't make sense, please talk to me. <laughs> it's a complicated subject, but it's one I think it's really helpful for us to get. That's why I took the time to, to do this. And there's a lot of examples that we could probably run through. Okay. Now let's take a moment and think about the, the new covenant that we are a part of. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And he said, this is my body, my sacrifice for you. That I'm sacrificing for you. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is the new covenant. Between God and people, an agreement confirmed in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. He's done all the work. Trust him. Do this in remembrance of me. And as often as you drink this and you eat this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You say that I do believe this and I look forward to the day in which we will run in joy and dance with, with, with happiness and celebration that he is our father. That we are his child. Take and eat. Come get some and then we'll, together we'll, we'll share it together. There is a joy and a freedom in Jesus to follow after him like bride dancing with her husband or a little child running after their father because he's done it all for you and he just wants your heart. Here is the body and blood of Christ given for you. Lord Jesus, that you've given us so much. Thank you that you've loved us, Father, by sending us your Son. Thank you that we're justified, that we're made righteous by you. Help us to be good students, good followers, to, lead, to, be, to follow after you into the joy you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys have questions, let me know. Have a good week. Take care. Do you guys have any questions?